friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Monday, February the 21st, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's life and God's beauty and God's goodness surrounding you here today. I hope you had a wonderful weekend and uh, and were able just to enjoy whatever it was and, and whoever was around you. Um, thanks for being present today and uh, being willing to break open God's word with me. Whether that's this entire week or whether it's just for the day, hey, uh, nothing bad can come from that. Because again, we root ourselves in the Word of God, and uh, and and if you turn this pod offer off after uh, just hearing the Word of God, praise God. You know that's because that's that's where the Spirit resides. So uh, we're going to continue through Mark's Gospel. Okay, last week we were on Mark chapter eight. That's key. That's the hinge. That's, uh, that's where Jesus turns, uh, in a sense, sets his, his face toward Jerusalem, and he's going to move there. Now, we missed the beginning of chapter 9. We finished out chapter 8, if you remember, on Friday, and it had the first verse of 9. Uh, so we missed an important story, and I'm going to reference it because it's really key to, to what we heard last week and what we're going to keep hearing now, Okay. And uh, today's a little bit longer, so let's dive right in. If you're following along, it's Mark chapter 9, verses 14 to 29. I'm going to read it out of the message. Real similar translation today, just a couple of differences in uh, word choices, and I just kind of like the different word choices in in Peterson. So uh, let's break open God's Word together, my friends. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When they came back down the mountain to the other disciples, they saw a huge crowd around them and the religion scholars cross-examining them. As soon as the people in the crowd saw Jesus, admiring excitement stirred them. They ran and greeted him. He asked, what's going on? What's all the commotion? A man out of the crowd answered, teacher, I brought my mute son, made speechless by a demon, to you. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him on the ground. He foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and goes stiff as a board. I told your disciples, hoping they could deliver him, but they couldn't. Jesus said, What a generation! No sense of God! How many times do I have to go over these things? How much longer do I have to put up with this? Bring the boy here. They brought him. When the demon saw Jesus, it threw the boy into a seizure, causing him to writhe on the ground and foam at the mouth. He asked the boy's father, How long has this been going on? Ever since he was a little boy. Many times it pitches him into the fire or the river to do away with him. If you can do anything, do it. Have a heart and help us. Jesus said, if? There are no ifs among believers. Anything can happen. No sooner were the words out of his mouth than the father cried, then I believe. Help me with my doubts. Seeing that the crowd was forming fast, Jesus gave the vile spirit its marching orders. Dumb and deaf spirit, I command you, out of him, and stay out. Screaming, and with much thrashing about, it left. 
the boy was pale as a corpse. So people started saying, he's dead. But Jesus, taking his hand, raised him. The boy stood up. After arriving back home, his disciples cornered Jesus and asked, why couldn't we throw the demon out? He answered, there is no way to get rid of this kind of demon except by prayer. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So let's do a a 30,000-foot overview here before we dive directly in. We talked last week about the hinge, right? If you're just coming on today and you didn't listen to last week's, the hinge of Mark's gospel is in chapter 8 when uh, Jesus and his disciples are at Caesarea Philippi. You can go back and listen to last Thursday's podcast. talks about it. But that's the hinge. Up until this point, from, from chapter 1, almost the first, in fact, I will say, from the first thing Jesus said coming out of his mouth, right? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Think differently. Turn around. God is present. God is here now. And what does that look like? Well, for the next eight chapters, chapter 1 through halfway through 8, he showed us what it looks like, actively confronting the kingdom of Satan on this world and, and turning it around and all the healings that took place, right? And the feedings that took place and, and all that, that wonderful things that the kingdom of God looks like this. This is the abundance, the healing, all those things. But the hinge then is when Jesus, you know, asks them, who do people say that I am? And they, they tell him and then Peter, of course, names it. But then Jesus names for them what Messiah is and what it's not. It's not that victory march that we talked about, that we think it is, that it's, it's, it's this establishing this kingdom on earth, which is going to kick Rome out, establish that Davidic kingdom again. They're going to be this, this military and political power in the area. And Jesus says, y- you don't get it. That's not it at all. It's about suffering. He's, and he's even saying, lean into it. Because once we, we are there, that's not the end. He's not a masochist. He's saying we got to go through it. Because when we go through it, we come out somebody new on the other side. Something that we never expected. And, and, and something um, that is transformed, right? That is resurrected, let's use that word. And so from that point on, that's where he's pointing. So, even this, that, you, know, you may say, Joe, but... but but here's another healing. So he's actively taking on the kingdom of God, or, or kingdom of, of the world, kingdom of Satan. True, true, you're right. But let me point out a couple of bits that I think things are a little bit different. And here's why. The, the story that we missed, if we would have read Saturday's gospel, is the story of the transfiguration. You might have gotten that hint, right? at the beginning of this gospel, because it started out when they came back down the mountain to the other disciples. Had I read out of the NAB, the New American, uh, it says, as Jesus came down the mountain with Peter, James, and John. You know, there are very few times that he takes Peter, James, and John, that select inner group, and he takes them aside. You know, the Garden of Gethsemane being one. When he raises the uh, daughter of Jairus, right? That's another. Well, here on the Mountain of Transfiguration is the third. So that was probably a clue to you that they came down the mountain. It's just the three of them. Well, that had to be the Transfiguration. Why is that important? Two reasons. Jesus is setting 
his face toward Jerusalem, which means suffering. And it's important that the disciples kind of had a boost, right? Peter, James, and John to see Jesus with Elijah and Moses. Wow, he is who he says he is. So we can remember later when things go south uh, who he is, okay? But there's also the part where the cloud comes over and speaks to them. And it says the exact same thing that the, the voice of God says at the baptism of Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, right? Now, at the baptism, it ends there. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But it doesn't end there on the mountain of transfiguration. It adds one more line, and it's crucial. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Who's he saying that to, my friends? Well, ultimately, he's saying it to you and me. But he's saying it to Peter that day. He's saying, Peter, Pete, you know, you were arguing with him, saying this is the Christ, the Christ has to go this way. Surely you're, you're, you're taking it wrong. You're, you're misinterpreting the, the message, all this stuff. And God's saying, <clears throat> no, Peter, no, Peter. Remember who leads, who's in the driver's seat. That was Fridays we talked about, right? Remember who's in the driver's seat and who's not, and you're not. We get behind Jesus. He leads, we follow. And where's he going to go? He's going to Jerusalem. Trust it. Here's a, here's a moment on the mountain. We all need those, those you know, mountaintop experiences to remember because life is lived in the valley. And so he's saying, not only, hey, here's that mountaintop experience, remember it, but he's saying, listen, listen. Okay, now, Joe, sorry, getting, getting wordy here. Why is that important in today's reading? So first, two things I want to talk about with today's reading. And the first is that, well, first, let me, let me answer the question that I just presented. Why is that important here? Because after the healing takes place, right? Let's read it again. Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, out of him and stay out. Screaming and with much thrashing about, it left. Now, here's where I want you to hear. The boy was pale as a corpse. So people started saying, he's dead. But Jesus, taking his hand, raised him. The boy stood up. Scripture is not clear whether he's living or dead. But Jesus, taking his hand, raised him up. That's, that word choice is not accidental, is it? It's not. When else did he take somebody's hand and raise him up? Well, I can, give you, I can give you two. I already mentioned one, right? Jairus' daughter. He took her by the hand, said, Talitha kum. I say to you, little girl, arise. He takes her by the hand and raises her up from death to life. He does it here. I, I think they, whether he's dead or not, they think he's dead. And Jesus shows he has power even over that image and that idea of death. And he raises him up. And the other one, kind of a, uh, uh, a forgotten story. You might be thinking I'm going toward Lazarus. Well, he does raise Lazarus up, but he doesn't go and take him by the hand and raise him up. But the other one he does 
is when he's entering a town called Nain, N-A-I-N, Nain. And a widow uh, just lost her only son. And uh, he takes the, the, the son by the hand and raises him up and gives him back to the mother because he would be a source of income for the mother and a source of, of, of economic life, a place of, of, uh, uh, of residence. Brothers and sisters, this is the best news. Because not only is it pointing, okay, so all of this, again, so that's why I'd say this still points to Jerusalem. It is, yes, a story of, of Jesus' power over the kingdom of the world. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about that. I think this is very much a both-and story. But it also talks about, yes, suffering is going to be present. Remember it. Peter listened to him. We saw glory on the mountain, but listen to him because suffering is a part of it. He's got to go through it to get to that. And this story has both sides too. It has healing, but it has death, but it has resurrection. And, and brothers and sisters, we have to know that's the pattern. And again, God in God's great goodness laced the world with it. It's so common, we don't even, we don't even pay attention to it anymore. The day follows night. That, that uh, spring follows winter. I mean, it's, it's, it's laced into our seasons, into our, into our daily episodes. All of these things that, that um, life wins. The resurrection is stronger than the pain we're going through. I mentioned last week that Jesus is way too much of a realist and that part of our human condition is suffering and pain. Behold the man, right? That's what we talked about. Behold the human kind. Behold what we carry. Come and see. All those things. But it is not the end. Praise and thank God for that. So whatever you're going through today, my friends, just take heart, just like Peter, just like James, just like John. Um, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen, listen to him. This isn't the end. He knows it. Now let's get to the other point and then I'll be quiet. I love this statement about faith and, uh, and trusting in Jesus. You know, they bring this, this boy to him and he says, if you can, I, I, I love this, you know, uh, ever since he was a little boy, blah, blah, blah. If you can do it, have a heart and help us. This man is telling God, have a heart and help us. You know what brought to mind for me? Don't know if it did for you. The gospel this weekend, which, by the way, is one of the best. It was Luke, okay? And it's Luke's Sermon on the Plain. So it's very similar to, a lot shorter, but very similar to Matthew's Sermon on the Mount. But um, Luke's Sermon on the Plain. And, uh, and I love this part. Now he's talking about, you know, oh, if you lend money to people, don't expect repayment. You know, if, if we're only going to love those who love us, what good is there in that? The sinners do the same. All these things. Again, very, very similar to Matthew's. But here's where it, it's different from Matthew. Um, okay, let me see. But rather, love your enemies and do good to them, and lend expecting nothing back. Then your reward will be great, and you'll be children of the Most High. Okay, all the same right there. 
But here's where it's different. For he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Even that is similar to Matthew. Matthew says that God is so good he makes the sun to to rise on the, the good and the bad, the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Matthew does it a little more poetic than Luke. For he himself is kind to the great, ungrateful and the wicked. But here's the difference. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. I'm going to say it again. Be merciful. That's what Luke's, the culmination of the Sermon on the Plain is. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. How is that different than Matthew's? Matthew says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Those who are ones in the Enneagram, I mean, that is, that is catnip to them. That gives them a reason to be the perfectionists that they are. And it is the worst thing in the world. Because, brothers and sisters, we cannot reach that perfection. But you know what we can reach? Compassion. Mercy. And so this person is showing that, right? This person is saying, hey, if you can do anything, um, do it. Have a heart and help us. Brothers and sisters, Healing, loving, mercy, grace, compassion is not something that God does. It is who God is. It is who God is. And Jesus takes these words and says, if, if, there are no ifs among believers. Anything can happen. No sooner were these words out of his mouth than the father cried, then I believe. Help me with my doubts. Brothers and sisters, isn't that the story of of us? We are, we are filled, as I, I often use the image, with wheat and weeds. We have blessings and curses. We carry faith and doubt. You know, Peter, I, I love that story when he f- realizes who Jesus is and he goes before him and he falls on his, at his knees and says, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. Peter was not wrong. The prodigal son, when he came back and said, Lord, I'm not worthy, you know, Father, to be, to be called your son. Treat me as a hired hand. He's not wrong. Brothers and sisters, it's all grace. It is all grace. It is all mercy. It is all compassion. And, and our God is stronger than death. That's what, this, that's what this gospel reminds us of. And so when we're going through death, these are the gospels we've got to cling to. My friends, these are the gospels we've got to say, Lord, I believe, help me with my doubts. Because in the midst of that suffering, remember, we walk through it together. That's when we need each other. I know my words to be true, but I also know I need you to remind me. Because in the midst of suffering, we forget. In the midst of suffering, that, that pain washes over us like a wave. But I, but I know it to be true, and so do you. So do you. I believe. Help me with my doubts. Now, we don't control God. Our belief... And, you know, if something doesn't happen, it's not like, oh, I didn't believe strong enough. Throw that out. Throw that out. And, and that's where this gospel is a mystery. And prayer is always a mystery. Our trust is in God. Whatever happens, we know God is stronger than whatever it is that we bring. And we just have to trust, walking through that, that he, God, is with us. And... Uh, And that outcome is in his hands. And all he asks for us is that trust as best we can. He knows, God knows, we are 
Never going to be perfect in that belief. This gentleman wasn't either. Okay? Um, but God's action had something to show the crowd that day and needed to happen. And the movement of the Spirit is beyond us. As we always say, it moves in mysterious ways. Let's just trust that our God is stronger. He's stronger with whatever, whatever you and I bring today. Let's just trust and believe that, even in the midst of our doubts, and let God do what God needs to do. That as the voice from the crowd said, listen to him. Let's pray. Mysteries this week, my friends. So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The first luminous mystery, the baptism of Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Have a wonderful week. And let's break open more of God's word together uh, as we move through the coming week. God's peace. God's peace.